Welcome to Dr. Freedom, where we give you the strategies, mindset, and tactics on how to elevate your practice and your life. I'm Dr. Sita Patel. I started my practice in a Starbucks over seven years ago, and I built it brick by brick to a multi-location practice with an aesthetic OR and a software company. I'm here to give you the secrets to unlock that time and freedom for you. So today I want to talk a little bit more about an inner critical voice. This is a voice that we have when we are making decisions, when we're actually thinking about, you know, what we're going to do next or how we're going to do it, the critique in the analysis of when we live our lives, whether it be a patient interaction, a family interaction, whether it just be with uh, somebody that's walking down the street, there's that inner critical voice that either defines whether was it was it bad? Was it good? Was it in between? Right. And it gets built over time in terms of when we were raised from our parents. Did we pick it up from there? Is our inner critical voice our own or is it actually somebody else's? And it brought up an interesting concept for me as, as a person. You know, it brought back a trip of when I went to India with my sister when I was nine. And this is, you know, going from America to India, a third world country where I knew the culture, I knew the language, I knew a little bit of what to expect since I'd been around different relatives and had been to different Indian cultural gatherings in the U.S., but I didn't really know what India was going to be. I, I, I didn't, I didn't have that feel, that, that, the taste, the smell of what that culture provides. And we went there with my dad and he brought us there and he spoke the language. He knew the city, knew the people, the town, all the other pieces of it. And he took us to a place where we could ride elephants. And these elephants were massive. They're, I mean, they, like I was just tiny. I was skinny toothpick, little kid. And you know, in India for the first time, didn't understand the whole, even the bathroom situation or anything of the sort. And we're met with these like giant elephants. And my dad's like, okay, well, do you want to ride one? And I'm like, yeah, sure. But these things are huge. Right. And even as a child, I was like, what, why would they let me ride on them? Right. And so I was asking, you know, the, the, the guy that had the elephants and my dad about how do you control something so big and so powerful, right? That's out there. And they, they went on to tell me like the story of what it is to raise an elephant. When they're young, the elephants, a rope is used and that rope is tied around their legs and that rope continue at that age. Like they're so small, they can't break through the rope. They'll tug on it, they pull on it, they yank on it. They fight for that little bit when they're a child. But as they get older, it's almost like they forget the fight, that constraint, that now they're big enough, but they still think of themselves as a child. And that inner critical voice that kind of got put there from the initial break, from the tugging, the pulling, the yanking, the the own will that comes into it, it got set at that young age in that critical voice of what it was told and what it could be. 
And then as it became this massive, beautiful animal that didn't have much of its own will, it was being controlled and powered by somebody so much smaller, but yet it's the rope that was there. And I think that's the same way that we have used our inner critical voice over periods of times. That voice is almost like an invisible rope from childhood of what we're told, what we can be, what we can't be. How do we become this person? What our personal traits are? How we should be with other people? How should we interact with them? How should we show up? Am I the shy one? Am I the boisterous one? Am I the entertainer? Am I the quiet one? How do I see myself? How do I evaluate myself? And this all shows up in the same way that our patients see themselves, their voices, their communications, their pains, their, you know, uh, their emotions that they deal with in terms of not only the uh, things that we deal with in aesthetics, but in almost every area of medicine, there's that piece that people self-evaluate whether should they should ask, whether they shouldn't. Should they talk about Dr. Google or not? Should they ask these types of questions? Should they do their own research? Should they question what the opinions are of the doctor seeing? Should they get a second opinion? All this stuff stems from, hey, what decisions do we make now? And what do we use to make those decisions? Those decisions? Is it our past circumstances? Is it something else? Is it that invisible rope? That's holding us back from being that best version. Because over time, right, as things change in terms of our lives, of whether it's going through residency or med school and then getting out to our first jobs and then, you know, treating our first patients, then our first thousand patients or 10,000 patients and doing each one of these steps and stages in those phases, what type of baggage are we carrying with us with each one of these things? And are we aware of it? Or does another day pass? Does another month pass? Does another year go by that we're just doing it the same way because we think that's all we can be? And that's determined by that inner critical voice that's placed there, right? And again, it may have served us well when we were young. And it may have even served as well as the perfectionist in terms of getting certain results in the other piece. But the question I ask you is, is it serving you well now in the stage and phase in life that you are in, in terms of buying back your time, balancing work and life, patient care, your own personal self. It's a way that if you take the time to better understand yourself in that critical voice, the baggage that we carry into the rooms with our patients, with other people, with the energy we bring into those rooms, whether it be positive or negative about who we think about ourselves versus someone else, right? If we start with ourselves, that's probably the best place if you want to make change, if you want to change that voice of how you're going to react and how you're going to to deal with disappointment because that's that's a part of life. Failures are going to be part of life because that's the only way you succeed. You need the yin and the yang. The two balance each other. In terms of those animals, right? The the beautiful elephants that 
they're going through their lives and it's literally years go by. Their bodies change. Their, all that, the aspects change, but does the voice change? Do we have the ability to say, okay, this is the impactful moment that I will do things that were on my bucket list. I will step out of my comfort zone to see what it's like to see what an extrovert is versus an introvert, to see what it is to not be shy or to dance uh, the way that you want to dance or sing the way you want to sing or be the way that you want to be without all the constraints and the restraint that you're putting in place. All right, let's get to it. What does AdVital do for your aesthetic practice or med spa? Our current clients are making an extra 60 to $65,000 to their bottom line every month, month over month, because they're able to nurture their current patient base and also amplify their qualified leads. Now reach out to AdVital to learn more. A lot of people self-medicate in terms of what they can't get out in and out of their passions. They can't find them. They can't find that purpose, that why, that other piece. And it all comes down to, hey, that self-voice. The, the only thing that you're self-medicating is that self-voice, that critical piece of who you should be, who you shouldn't be, how you should be with other people. What should that interaction be? How, sh how should you find meaning and purpose? And it all wraps itself around an axle to say, if you keep on the same path, by the time that you realize it, it just might be too late right? You think about all the motivational speakers that are out there, you know, saying, take that one next step. You're three feet from gold. You're, you know, essentially one more rep away. Do one more. Be, be more in all this stuff. In the stuff of being more, that, that's also part of that critical voice to say, oh, you should be more. I, I, I almost think it's, it's, you should be more of who you are, who you're meant to be without the voice. Sometimes it's removing that constraint of that voice, the other limitations to say, hey, well, yeah, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to do some YouTube. I'm going to do some social media content. I'm going to put myself out there in terms of, of coaching a soccer team or doing each one of these little, little things is a step in the right process of trusting your own voice, that own, that, that piece without somebody else's that was put there when you're younger and you're able to kind of wash it away with time to then create your own. Because, you know, you think about this as parents and children. And since, you know, I've been on both sides, been a child and been a parent now, right? And as a parent, it's like, hey, winter's coming and I give my kids all the clothes and all the things that, that could protect them. Now they come to a certain point in their life where they take all those clothes off and they decide which ones they're going to wear, which ones they're going to keep, which lessons, which critiques, which mindsets, which uh, tools that they're going to have in their toolbox to say, this is how I'm going to approach disappointment, how I'm going to approach uh, a massive win, how I'm going to approach humility, how I'm going to approach each one of these little sectors of relationships that go into it and how each one of these things, you know, what tool am I going to use? And as a child, you get all these things that are placed there from a parent and you're like, okay, well, these are the ones that are placed there from a parent. What are the ones that I don't have access to right now? Are there other ways to do this? Are there other ways to build friendships? Are there other ways to have conversations? Are there, you know, ways to listen better? 
are the ways to acknowledge things better? You know, what, what are these things? And so even as a child, yes, your parents give you some of the tools that can cause you to succeed in life and have success and be able to cope and deal with what life throws at you. But the other ones, you're going to have to learn and you're going to have to find mentors. You're going to have to find people that are outside of those things. And you might have to replace those tools. You might actually have to even get a new set. You may come across a different part in your life that you're like, okay, well, these tools treated me well for residency. Do they treat me well now in practice? Do they treat me well in, you know, in being a parent? Do they treat me well in how I'm managing my health? Am I, is, is my, are my sacrifices that I've made during my younger years something that I would make and continue to make in my older years? Now, and that, and that's, that's something that we've been trained on, like as, through the systems and this is that, oh, well, you know, the Hippocratic Oath and we're do no harm and put others first and do all this other, do all these other things for other people. But you really can't do things for other people unless you do it for yourself first. You have to take care of your own, your bodies, your minds, all the tools in terms of that you have in place to communicate and interact with all those around you as well. You take all that and you compile it all together and you're like, it's, a, it's an ever-growing situation. You're going to have to keep on growing to get those new skill sets because time doesn't stop. And no one's figured that part out yet to say, hey, I can stop time. But in terms of the amount of knowledge and access that's out there now with the internet, it is immense. So the fact of, you know, do I only have one way to deal with a situation that's in front of me? Absolutely not. Do I, can I only have one inner critical voice that was placed on me as a child? Absolutely not, right? The question actually, if you flip the frame to say, every day is a possibility that I could wake up and be a different person. Just straight up being a different person may have different consequences and, you know, trickle effects and dominoes in your life to change the path, the trajectory of who you could be of how many people you may change in your life, how many interactions, how many other people can you mentor to give the tools at an earlier age? How, how do you change that, right? How do you change that interaction even when you're walking in a sea of a million people, right? There's some streets that a million people walk by and you're like, well, can I start with impacting one? And that impact in one might be just starting with yourself. And if you can start with yourself, how can you extrapolate it? What are the other questions you need to ask to say, hey, what am I good at? What am I not good at? What do I want to change about my voice that I talk to myself in and how I evaluate the last hour, the last two days, the last week, the last month? Am I making progress in being the best version of myself? Do I even have a process that I go by and I think about it? Do, do I evaluate? Do I journal? Do I have uh, gratitude for each one of these things? Because if you listen to all the motivational speakers and this and that, everyone always talks about it's the journey that is the rewarding piece. It's, it's the whole process of getting there. It's not the end point. Because if you talk about the end point and the destination, well, after you achieve it, then what? What do you do? Like, how do you make sense of after the achievement, 
is this all I'm going to be? Like, what am I living for for today? Well, that's where if you continue to grow and think outside yourself of like, where, where does, where does the impact come in from even from your revenue? Like, how much money would you have to make to start thinking about impact instead of the things that you think about your family, yourself, getting a roof over your head, like the basic necessities. And then after that, what is, what, what is that number that changes things to say, okay, well, this is when I would give back. This is when I would do these other things that I wanted to do for others. And even that is a deep question to say, okay, if somebody, if you won the lottery today, what would you do with it? How would you use it? How would you, how would you make the world a better place? Not only your world, but everybody else's. And so that's where it comes down to this inner critical voice in the imaginary rope of that inner critical voice that can hold people back in terms of being their best versions of who they wanted to be and how they wanted to be. So start the evaluation today. Figure out what your inner critical voice is telling you and make sure it's not someone else's, that it is your own and you control your own future. Thanks for listening to Dr. Freedom Podcast. I hope you found some value in this podcast and if you could hit the subscribe button and share with a friend if you found this content valuable. 